Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klosmer Podcast 56 for Wednesday, September 30th, 2009. The website is www.klosmerpodcast.com, and you can send me an email to keith at klosmerpodcast.com. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Freddie Meraki of the band Klezmania, based in Melbourne, Australia. This interview was recorded on August 26th, and after the interview we'll get to hear a track from Klezmania's album Schmoozin'. So let's get right to it. Here's my interview with Freddie Meraki. Hi, this is Keith, and we're live on day three of Klez Canada, and I'm visiting now with Freddie Meraki from Melbourne, Australia. Freddie, welcome to uh, North America. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, your first time to Klez Canada here, uh, and you have a band back home in Melbourne. So uh, why don't you tell me how you uh, discovered Klez Canada and how you chose this year to uh, come visit? Well, Klez Canada. I've actually been to Klez Camp before. That was in 1992. And I don't know when I first heard about Klez Canada, but over the years I've been hearing more and more about Klez Canada. And um, last year, Ernie Gruner came. Ernie Gruner, who's also from Melbourne and plays with Klezmeritis, and um, he couldn't stop raving about it. And there was an opportunity in that, I'm actually on the way to Israel for a wedding and the dates were sort of such that I just said to my husband, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to leave earlier than, than you guys and make my way to New York to get my New York Jewish fix and then mosey on up to, um, to Close Canada and that's how I'm here. Unfortunately, it's not a year with the Ashkenaz Festival, but you never know. Uh, you'll have to come back. I'm already trying to plot that, but I'm not quite sure how I'm going to manage that. Our school year is, of course, very different to yours. So um, right. we're right in the middle of school term, and, and if I choose to continue with my teaching career, that might present a bit of a problem, but we'll see. Okay, so what's your uh, impression of, of uh, Close Canada so far? It's only the third day, but uh, you've experienced some of it already. Well, I can happily say that Ernie wasn't exaggerating, and I'm really, really pleased that that I came. And um, Claire's Canada has lived up to and even beyond my my expectations. It's just fantastic. Already, the first session I was in with uh, FM's um, singing classes and singing Moldavian Yiddish songs, um, I was spending half the time crying, being touched by his singing and, and the next crying for me that I, I live in Eckveld, you know, and the country down under and how the hell am I going to make it over here and feeling very cut off from everything. It's, it's just wonderful. I mean, so many people are here and playing all different sorts of music and it, it's, just, it's just magnificent. It's, um, it's terrific. I, I do have to work out how I'm going to come here again, and hopefully it will be with the band. In fact, before I left, I said, okay, guys, you're going to have to think about it. I think the three of you should seriously think about if there's some way you can apply for a grant or something um, to, to come over. So Because uh, we've had to, in a sense, reform, unfortunately. So we're sort of starting over again in some ways, and um, it would be a really exciting thing to do to come over, I think. 
So they said, well, what about you? I said, well, I'll have been. And, oh, no, no, we can't go without you. <laughs> so we'll just see. We'll see. So you talk about um, being cut off from from Yiddish uh, culture in, in Australia, and you mentioned that uh, before when I spoke with you. How, how does that, uh, how do you keep a, a Jewish uh, um, center of, of things going there, and, and how did you get into the uh, deeper Yiddish uh, world of the, the music? Well, it's probably a, a mistake to make out that we're sort of, we're just, it's called the tyranny of distance of living in Australia, but really we have, it, particularly in Melbourne, an exceptionally vibrant Jewish community, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, we are, however, a very small community of around about 45,000. That's small in comparison to what's here in North America but um, a very active and committed community, but rather disparate at the same time. So in terms of people who are interested in klezmer music or people that are interested in Yiddish culture, we don't have the same numbers and we don't have the same resources in some way. But in other ways, I think the Melbourne Jewish community um, is phenomenal, you know, that, that the crown of, uh, of the Melbourne Experience the Melbourne Jewish experience are our schools. We've got more than nine Jewish day schools, which is really, really amazing. And, um, but we're, I would say in Melbourne, it's less political than it used to be, but we're a very Zionist community overall. And so someone like myself who comes from a more Yiddishist background, and I, actually I'm the daughter of Bundistan on both sides. I'm third-generation Bundist. So Yiddish has been part of my life since a year dot. Um, but while Melbourne's got a really um, high percentage of post-Holocaust Polish immigrants and therefore the connection to Yiddish and Yiddish culture is actually... Um, very close, I don't think there's been the distance yet to sit and appreciate it. And particularly when your focus is on Israel, you're looking outwardly rather than inwardly and perhaps reflecting on past in terms of embracing the cultural past. Certainly in terms of acknowledging the past in relation to the Holocaust, we do that very well as a community. But there's that thing of appreciating our cultural heritage, which I'm afraid... Oh, I'll put it this way, we have more non-Jews who come to our concerts than Jews, um, which is wonderful. You know, we feel sure. as, as musicians that we're ambassadors for our people, you know, via our music. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would be really nice if, if our own embraced what we had, you know, our own and celebrated and acknowledged it and, and um, made a fuss over it. Nonetheless, you know, through music, we still continue to do what... We do, and we love it, and more and more people are being turned on to the idea of listening at least to klezmer music and understanding the richness of Yiddish song and Yiddish folk song. Um, so we'll see what happens in the future. But um, I think you asked about the band. So um, klezmania has actually... <laughs> I think it's almost like a franchise, that name. <laughs> 
Klezmania, the Australian version. <laughs> well, we, we, we actually uh, got together many years ago, like uh, I think around about 16, come, almost coming up to 17 years ago, and that was pre-internet. So who knew that there were other <laughs> things out there titled Klezmania? Um, but anyway, Klezmania, the Australian version... Um, we actually grew out of another Klezma band, which uh, was the Klezma Trio, and which started, I believe... Oh, no, let's not do that. Let's not try and think of dates. <laughs> Sometime it, prior, prior. Yeah, yeah. No, it was probably around about 89, I think. Theodore Bickel came out to, um, to Melbourne to promote, as part of a concert, um, for the presentation, I suppose, of the launching of the four-volume Yiddish folk songs from the Hebrew University. And they needed music in the foyer, and they sort of called out to the people in the band. I was singing as part of the second half of the program, because Theodore Bikel had one, the first half, and the local um, community talent had the second half, and they said... Okay, who wants to perform music in the foyer? That's what we need. And um, my brother put up his hand and uh, a bass player and they knew of a accordion player who played simcha music and that's what they did. They jammed in the foyer and uh, thus the Klezma Trio <coughs> was formed. And then when I joined them, it was Klezma Trio Plus One or Klezma Trio <laughs> with Freddy Morocchi. And we performed, um, we were really embraced by the folk, local folk scene at the time. It was like, whoa. I don't think at the time we even appreciated how we were, how well we were sort of um, embraced and really taken into the folk music fold. We got great gigs at um, folk festivals and, you know, great coverage from folk music shows on national radio and it was just terrific. And um, then a few years later, one of the band members decided, no, this wasn't actually his scene. He, he preferred to do simpler music. Didn't involve um, as much rehearsal and reviving, you know, changing the repertoire. And we really enjoyed doing the the ambassadorial stuff, the concerts, the cabarets. So Klezmania was formed and we have played gigs all over regional and uh, re regional Victoria and interstate and at national folk festivals. And it's been fantastic. It's been really a blast. And um, we've done three albums now of, of our own. We're in a mm -hmm. couple of compilation and collaboration CDs. One of one of the collaboration CDs is actually called The Fig Tree, where we perform music um, with Greek musicians, Italian. There's uh, English singing as well. Um, and this album, The Fig Tree, was created to be a companion uh, to to be a companion to the book of the same name by Arnold Zabel, and it's uh, his book is about stories of migration, so hence we have these different flavors because his wife is of Greek background and he wrote also Jewish stories. So he combined Greek music, Italian music, and the Jewish music. It's a lovely album. So, what's the uh, Jewish music scene 
like in the Melbourne area, are, are there s- uh, several bands? Are you the only one, or are there uh, are they all local? Do they any of them tour around? I really will not dare to say that I'm a maven on such things, but I will say that we're probably one of the longest serving, um, and probably. Like Klezmeritis, Ernie's band, um, has been around for for a good time, but they spent, uh, tend to specialise in playing instrumental klezmer music. Um, so we do a lot of klezmer music and Yiddish song, and that's the difference. There's been uh, another band in Melbourne called Spielerzoi, and, you know, they've had various, um, uh, how do you say... They've come in various forms over the years, and then their lead singer uh, went overseas, and she's dabbling in other sorts of music. She married an Indian guy, and so she's pursuing all sorts of different musical paths, but still coming back to klezmer music. And Ernie has done, I have to say, a great job in terms of um, promoting klezmer music itself. He runs klezmer music workshops, and as far as I know, there are klezmer, little klezmer bands all over the place, bands that I'm I'm not even aware of um, playing klezmer music. And then there's this, this is just, we're talking about Melbourne, and Melbourne is just one right. city. Um, so there there's stuff happening all over the place. But it's amazing how everyone has jumped onto the klezmer bandwagon in that, you know, if they're a folk band or a world music band, they'll have their gypsy pieces, they'll have their French pieces, and now here are our klezmer pieces. And um, all sorts of, you know, outfits calling themselves klezmer bands, and um, I'd probably scratch my head a little bit sometimes to say, okay, <laughs> all right then. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, even spreading the name klezmer is something. Right. And if someone right. somehow picks up on something and is then drawn to the music and that leads them onto some sort of path of further musical discovery, then so be it. You know, that's what it's all about. That's what you're all about. We incorporate stuff that's that's not traditionally klezmer, like um, on our various albums, Australia, um, our very first album, we've got didgeridoo in it. You know, this is not a typical klezmer instrument. Um, I think every album, in fact, you know, the Black Cat and our latest Schmoozen also, we feature instruments and styles that aren't strictly klezmer. We, we finish Schmoozen with a rendition of um, Michael Alpert's Kleipzig and we've got a reggae beat to it. I mean, he had a he, he was tickled pink when he heard it. <laughs> he really, really liked it. But that's not klezmer. But that's our interpretation, and we call it klezmer. So I guess from it's that klezmer. perspective, yes, Hankus is right. It's klezmer. <laughs> Um, because it, Klezmer picks up other music from whatever culture they're yeah, other they're, they're living in, and, and influences from around the world, everywhere. Absolutely, and we're the Australian, or one of the Australian versions, should I say? Right. So, forgive me for asking about the general music scene around Melbourne there, but since you're here and you're kind of the Klezmer Yiddish ambassador from Australia this year. You get the uh, more expansive question. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to answer it. That's cool. Um, so do you write some original uh, Yiddish songs as well, or, or do you draw from uh, the existing repertoire, or, or have you thought about writing, or what's your approach to your My craft. Yiddish music, your craft, yeah, your yeah. craft? 
my craft. Uh, okay. Um, interesting. When uh, the previous... I was in a band in uh, my teenage years, again with Lionel, my brother, who's also in Klezmania. Um, we were in a band called Flummin, and actually any YouTube people can find... We uploaded a, a couple of clips from our Flummin days, and you can see some really bad 80s fashion in that too. <laughs> um, but uh, in our Flummin days, in fact, one of the songs that's, that's on YouTube that you can see... Uh, is a song that we wrote called Zib and Tag, a Yiddish song. And to be honest, I don't think I've actually written a Yiddish song, you know, aside from stuff that I wrote at, at Skiff, and, um, which is a, a youth organisation. We went to camps and we wrote songs and we would write in Yiddish. But in terms of serious Yiddish songs... I probably haven't written serious Yiddish song from Go to Woe since then. I tend to write parodies, parodies in Yiddish. Um, the title track of our first uh, album, Australia, was uh, a parody of Romania. So um, I do a lot of that. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think I enjoy the game, actually, of writing parodies. Um, in terms of as a band, we've, we've taken some poetry. So Arnold Zabel, who I mentioned before, his father was a poet and Arnold gave us a poem uh, called A Friendly Hand or A Freundliche Hand and gave it to us and Dave Kreiser um, wrote beautiful music to, to it. Um, we've taken some other poems and have done that as well. Um, I've actually written an English song about on a Jewish theme, I don't know if that qualifies. Certainly. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, it's called the Pesach Blues, and in it, I am. Um, I let everyone know my feelings about cushering the house for Pesach when, you know, it's really not my thing. I I do this because of the man I married, and I there was one particular Pesach that I really hated it, and I let him know via song. <laughs> um, it's not the one that we've recorded, but when we um, play it. Um, we get a lot of amazing feedback, particularly from the women. Uh, I think many of them feel the same. Um, I am encouraged, I guess, by being here to maybe think a little bit more seriously about writing my own words. I've tended to write children's stories more in Yiddish rather than songs. And I do have some very talented friends who've written... Um, have written beautiful Yiddish words, and I guess I'm overawed by their talents and feel that mine don't come anywhere near, near theirs. For example, on uh, Schmoozen, um, our first track is Leonard Cohen's beautiful Dance Me to the End of Love, and uh, our dear friend Dudi wrote these absolutely magnificent Yiddish words, um, which he asked me to sing at his wedding for their bridal waltz. And the words are superb. I have to say, Leonard Cohen is a great wordsmith, and um, Dudi's Yiddish words really, really, it's a good fit. You know, it's just beautiful, just really beautiful. So I guess I'm a bit intimidated, but I suppose I shouldn't be. <laughs> so what do you think you'll uh, take take away from the week here and, and uh, take back with you to Australia? Well, as I'm sitting here in the sunshine, hopefully a little bit of a tan, that would be nice. It's freezing cold where I'm coming from. Um, 
oh look there I, I've already got sort of all of these songs that um, that other people have written and collected that you know uh, even last night in I, I realized I was dreaming songs and melodies I'm, I'm waking up in the morning and something that I was in a class yesterday in FM's class and I'm, I'm singing this song and then I jump to another one it, uh, it's a bit I, overwhelming, isn't it? Uh, it? It is, but I'm, I'm sort of used to it. It's like when I go to, uh, you know, to a Yiddish retreat or something. I find myself dreaming in Yiddish, and it means you're actually immersed in whatever you're doing. Um, and I find myself just walking from place to place, humming different things. And then, of course, I've attended uh, drumming classes. I go to the girls don't drum classes, so hopefully a perennial I'll, favorite. <laughs> hopefully, I'll come back with a bit of rhythm, and um, that would be really good. Is uh, it Elaine awesome? Sorry, oh, she is. She is a little pocket rocket. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Look, I and, and then there's the connections and the friendships and um, just warm feelings and I uh, you know, really coming. I'll be taking a back sort of a sense of I, I should imagine I'm already inspired. So I don't know what I'm going to be like <laughs> at the end of the week, and I can feel this need to return. That's going to be a big thing I'm going to take with me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's yes. That's, yeah, I'm going to take back a lot, and it won't be in my suitcase. <laughs> Very good. Except for a few CDs, maybe, or something. Oh, a few CDs, <laughs> but hopefully I will have offloaded a few CDs, too. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Even swap. So, uh, if people want to find out more about Klezmania, or Klezmer in Australia, or find your music uh, on the web, how can they find more information? Well, I, I don't know how long it's been since our website has been updated, but I will give it a plug nonetheless. Um, you can look us up on www.klezmania.com.au. All right, and further information will be on the website. Yes, yes. Um, I do have to make mention that our lineup has changed, unfortunately, due to very sad circumstances. Um, our Bayan player for many, many years, David Braitman, who was from the Ukraine, and I have to say a master player, um, unfortunately um, succumbed to cancer last year after an illness of 18 months, and um, we miss him terribly. I miss him terribly. It's like a, a part of me has been cut out and and, and and has died, and uh, it was very hard. I was very angry and felt that I couldn't go on playing music any longer. And um, it's been a big wrench. But the amazing thing is he lived to make the recording of Schmoozen, and not only that, but lived to um, see it launched, and he even played, and um, unfortunately passed away three weeks later. Yeah. But... Um, we know that he and he told us that we had to keep on playing so we haven't replaced him um he's just irreplaceable there's no point no no accordion player that we know of in in <laughs> in um in melbourne could match him and his expertise and his knowledge of eastern european music so we've made a a, a a change we have um 
Eugene Belenko has joined us now on double bass, and uh, Dave Kreiser, who used to play um, mainly the double bass and guitar, has now switched to mainly guitar. And Lionel, my, my brother, plays um, Lionel Morocchi. He plays clarinet, guitar, didgeridoo, and all sorts of other things. Um, so we're rearranging everything, which is interesting. We're starting like back at A again. And I guess developing a new sound, which is exciting in itself because it means that we're not trying to recreate what we had done because we can't possibly do that. But we're on a new path, I suppose. Reimagining. Yeah, reimagining. We've got a different klezmer road to tread and an unusual one because one doesn't associate, say, guitar necessarily with klezmer music and that's that's our new challenge and it lends itself to other sorts of sounds perhaps more the mellow um jazzy more mm. jazz style or gypsy style even um yeah well, there's certainly enough uh, guitar going on around here um yes and that's what i, I said to dave when i got the program i said right sorry you know, don't he? He spends a lot of time in France. If he goes overseas, you know, he also has this interest in French music. And I said, ah, no, next year you have to come to Claire's Canada because not only is it in Quebec City, so you can get your fix of French stuff, um, you can also get this uh, this klezmer thing happening. And look, they've got workshops in guitar and workshops in harmonica. So let's hope that that's what will happen next year and it will inject us with further sort of knowledge, passion and enthusiasm for exploring klezmer anew. New, new possibilities. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, it's all part of the new world. Right. <laughs> new world order of klezmer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Australian version, <laughs> yes. Right. Melbourne, Australian version, yes. <laughs> All right, Freddie. Well, thanks very much for uh, spending a few minutes with me. Appreciate it very much. Hope you have a nice time here. And uh, we'll be looking for more good things from Melbourne. Thank you so much. Hope we'll be here again next year. All four of us, maybe. (laughs) That'll be great. All right, thank you very much. Take care.
hab mein Leben aufgegeben, mein Hals und meine Schamme. Ich bin krank, nur mein Gedank tracht nicht von der Kamme. I love you much too much. I ask myself, what for? But darling, when we touch, Hi, this is Max from the Max Passion Band from the UK. You're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was my interview with Freddie Meraki from the band Klezmania from Melbourne, Australia. And the track we heard was Ich hob dich zu verlieb from their album Schmusen. That's one of my favorite Yiddish songs, and I really like Klezmania's arrangement of it. Brady does a very nice job with the vocal, and everyone in the band gets to have a turn on a solo. So thanks to Freddy and Klezmania for allowing me to use that track on the podcast. Now I'd like to tell you about a way that you can help support Klezmer Podcast. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please consider supporting the show by purchasing your CDs through my new affiliate store on Amazon. If you go to my website at www.klezmerpodcast.com, 
click on the link that says buy music here and that will take you to the online store which I've cleverly titled Klezmer Podcasts Music Delicatessen. The first page you see there will be some of Klezmer Podcasts favorite CDs and there's lots of other music from other bands that have appeared on the podcast or been reviewed on my blog. And for those of you with bands, I have a page with band equipment from Stage Ninja, some products that I use in my own band. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 56. Remember the website is www.klezmerpodcast.com and my email is keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, MySpace, Last.fm, and now on Twitter at klezmerpodcast. Again, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a new or recent CD that you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. And the music played on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. Thanks again for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now. Bye.